Hi, Gregory. Hi, Thomas. How are you? You were asking people, what is your opinion of the actor Nicholas Cage? C-A-G-E-F-I-G-A. Don't be looking at her too hard now. This is a very different and weird question. Oh my God. I really like how he doesn't seem to give a fuck what anyone thinks about him. This is Cage Fight. And I think that's kind of badass. Welcome to Cage Fight. I'm gonna drink me a beer. Hello everyone, welcome. We are here fighting the fuck out of Cage. It's Cage Fight time. Uh, my name is Gregory Aikerman. I will be here, not alone. Who am I with? You're with Thomas Beeman, the other contender fighting Nicolas Cage. Ding fucking ding. Welcome to the sweary episode that I've just decided we're having. <laughs> how, how are you, Thomas? I am... Great. How are you, Greg? Yeah, I'm not bad. I am not bad at all. I mean, it is hot, and just before recording, I decided what I needed to do was eat a massive piece of cake, Ooh. which I known think, to cool if down. Anything, yeah, known to cool down. Yeah, people. it relaxes someone. It makes them feel physically very comfortable, <laughs> and I'm not just sitting here with a massive like weight in my stomach that's just going nowhere. That's <laughs> definitely not happening. So I will be tip-top, tip-top uh, performance today. I'll be absolutely on fire. I am also not lethargic with pizza slices in my stomach, so we're both... Oh, fantastic. We're, we're going to be A-game this go-around. <laughs> yeah, we'll be A-game, a rubbish <laughs> lethargic game. Hey, hey, fun with words. Just like rugby. Got him. Fuck you, rugby <laughs> enjoyers. <laughs> Checks that one so, off the list. But what do we do when we're not mocking a sport? What on earth are we doing? God. We come together fairly regularly, but I don't know why. Why, Thomas? Why? So the reason why really has to do with uh, atoms colliding. But without right. getting too much into the muck of it, the true reason why we are here is because we like watching Nicolas Cage films for the most part. And... Yeah. We like comparing Nicolas Cage films for the most part. And we <laughs> like determining which one is the better one. And that that's generally probably the best part. Yeah, that, that that is my favorite one. I like the idea of each of these films. There's there's been years of work put into mm. them, like mm -hmm. conceiving the well, not all of them. I think some of them probably a couple of weeks of work, but conceiving the idea, writing it, rewriting it, trying to sell it around, trying to convince people to act in it, putting it together, spending all that money, and for us to just go, no, sorry, you lost out to Ghost Rider. It's. <laughs> It's just a delightful amount of power. It's not real power. No one really, nothing really happens. I hope it's that people, listen, if you're a part of the movie industry and you make movies, I hope that mm. the motivator of not losing to Ghost Rider will make movies better. It should do. It should do. That's the world we should Just hold in. that in your heart when you're going forward uh, making new media. Don't be so bad as to lose to Ghost Rider. I enjoyed Ghost Rider. I'm looking forward to the sequel. I know the sequel was out years ago, but I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, but I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. But uh, what are we doing today? What films are we doing today, Thomas? What 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 film of you are you bringing to the table? I'm going to do City of Angels. Ooh, who stars in that? That is uh, Reba McIntyre and Ooh. Charlie Day. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> It's Meg Ryan and Nicolas Cage. But could you imagine if 
<laughs> could you imagine? What yeah. if, right? Like, what if we reshot the entire film with Reba McIntyre and Charlie Day? <laughs> It'll be the the most beautiful thing. Every Nick Cage film should be redone, starring Charlie Day in Nick Cage's role. Well, light but- light light spoiler: if it was Reba McIntyre, she would survive in this one. Really. Do, because towards the end, does it say, oh no, if only you could knock out a stellar country hit? I think it's because I have specific knowledge of the Reba McIntyre sitcom that came out in the in like the early 2000s, <laughs> in which the, the intro song has a lot to do with her being a single mom and a survivor, and that you do not also possess that knowledge. <laughs> I I don't all I know about I mean I I will pronounce her name wrong. All I know about Rita McIntyre. See it's not that, is it? It's not Rita. Uh-oh. It's uh, all I know about her is she's a country star <laughs> that my my wife is a big fan of or I I assume she's a fan of. She comes up a lot. Let me tell you something about like, Rita McIntyre. She yeah. is a working mom who loves her kids and never stops. Uh, gentle hands and the heart of a fighter. She's a survivor. No, you're thinking of Christina Aguilera. Oh shit! Actually, you might be right. Yeah, that might that's that's it. Come, might have been about her instead. Well, that that's what I thought. I don't know whether you see now you've done that. I don't know whether it was you or Stephanie or someone else, but someone was singing that song at me. Right? Mm-hmm. Could easily have been either of you two but one of you was definitely seeing that at me and i thought you were just moderately mis misquoting fighter by christine aguilera <laughs> so i got really excited and started singing fighter I only got, to be told i'm doing the wrong thing i've got great news for you okay because you uh, are in a very an idealistic position as someone who has yet to see a single episode of the reba mcintyre sitcom yeah so like you've got some entertainment ahead of you <laughs> some quality <laughs> daytime is, sitcom entertainment is that gonna be a spin-off of cage fight will be like mac and if it spins off into hell yeah sure go out on nice <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so what movie are you doing today i'm watching the absolute misery fest joe joe that's from- it that's that's the whole name of wow the okay just three letters one word a name there it is can i ask can, do you mind if i ask you a question you can ask me a question i might have two questions but have you seen city of angels i have not seen city of angels whoa wow okay that blows me away second question have you ever been to margaritaville I have never been to Margaritaville. Okay. I didn't know that was a real thing, because I, mm-hmm. I saw it in an episode of South Park. Yeah, there's but... like 20-some-odd Mar- Margaritaville across the coastline of of America, and uh, there's Amazing. one in South Carolina. It's the closest oh. one. And We uh, should go. Yes. I would love... I would love to see you in Margaritaville. <laughs> I, I was like really trying to come up with a way of like how do I say this without it being like intentional of like that I'm going to kill you in Margaritaville or something. <laughs> you, you, I know, I, I, your opinion of Margaritaville I think would be interesting. Well then then we will arrange at some point we'll do, we'll do a live version of Cage Fight 
from Margaritaville, yeah. South Carolina. Do you like margaritas? The shit, they're they're okay. Yeah. I haven't drunk a margarita in a long time. And the thing is, it depends. It, often, because no one makes margaritas at home. Who makes a margarita at home? Who's living a lifestyle that fucking decadent? Jimmy but, Buffett see, is. <laughs> <laughs> so you tend to get margaritas out, but uh, people only go, actually, I'll have a margarita when they're at somewhere like Applebee's. Mm. And you go like, oh, oh shit, four, $4 for a margarita. Mm. Yeah, I'll have one mm. of them. And then when you drink those, you go, oh, this isn't nice. No, but, they're terrible. They're terrible. But here's the bonus is that hmm. the margaritas at Margaritaville are fucking garbage. Really? <laughs> so you're going to you're going to really enjoy that. But it's called Margaritaville. Its it specialty is. is margaritas. You know what I How can they margar- You know what I think? I I, I kind of think that maybe margaritas just aren't good. Do you think that's it? I think they're, they're like way too they're just like way too sweet alcoholic drinks, right? Like they're just garbage. They're far too sweet. But then I wonder whether, are they too sweet because we're just having shit margaritas? Like, if you have mm. a proper one made by, I don't know, a, like an expert bar staff, mm. stout yeoman of the bar, right? A yeah. proper one. Maybe it would be absolutely delicious. Because tequila is quite nice. Yeah. I just think that margaritas are like the Bud Light of alcoholic cocktails. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's like you can have yeah. a good version of it, but it's still kind of not great. <laughs> a good a good version of a bad thing is never going to be as good as an okay version of a good thing. And speaking of which, let's talk about Joe. Let me take you back to 2014. It's not so long ago. Joe is a miserable movie. It's very gritty. It's very good. It's surprisingly good. Mm. I was expecting it to be rubbish and i saw it was two hours long and thought oh god why can't the rubbish ones be like 80 minutes like why can't every film just be 88 minutes Mm. but joe it comes up while sort of like somber background noise and music was playing it came up with uh, the logo for curzon home cinema and it's like oh christ i know everything i need to know about this film now because curzon films they only seem to deal in slightly wanky miserable gritty very very slow paced films in the same way that if you watch an a24 film you go i'm going to enjoy this Mm -hmm. but i'm going to feel a little bit of a prick for enjoying it as Mm. much as i do or if you see a film that ben shapiro's angry about you're like this is going to be brilliant i'm very excited about this film incidentally the barbie movie is just as good as everyone's been saying it is magnificent i gotta see it i gotta see it wonderful you'll love it you'll love it yeah so curzon film it's gonna be gritty uh nick cage stars as the title character joe okay who's a not dissimilar to his character in pig like a a quiet reserved person to such an extent that i started pondering at the beginning like is being an actual famous actor, is that an issue for films? Like, because, you know, if you it doesn't matter whether you like the actor or not. If you see Brad Pitt in a movie, it's so hard to not just see Brad Pitt. It's True. so hard to look past that and see the character. No matter how good an acting job he does, it's Brad Pitt doing a good job or Brad Pitt doing a shit job. And it's the same with Nick Cage. I know also the whole nature of this thing means we're focusing very much on him mm. so it's like can i take him seriously in this film yes is the answer holy shit wow. he loses himself in this role it's brilliant so the basic plot he is he runs a team of people who uh, go out and just manual labor at the moment they're poisoning trees to 
cut them down just to clear an area for development. So he picks up a group of people at about six in the morning. They work till about one in the afternoon, and then he just goes around in his little community, which is like Southern American, poor rural area where everyone's in trailers and everyone's the community. You've got a real strong sense of the community that everyone's got their own troubles and their own issues, but there's a love and a strength between them. And they're all, like, he's always going like, "I'm going into town. Do you want me to get anything? Get me a pack of cigarettes and some freezer paper." Okay, I gotcha. And doing that, and like, hey, I'll teach you how to cut that dead deer that you've got. Here's what you need to do. Oh, thanks, Joe. It's brilliant. It's really wholesome and lovely, and all of this. But but you know that something dark and dingy is going going on at some point. But it's going on. Then we are introduced to a little fifteen year old kid who gets beaten up by his alcoholic dad. The fifteen year old kid finds Joe and is like, "Hey, I need work. Can I get a job?" And he's like, and Joe's just like, "Yeah, whatever. You turn up at this time. You work here. You get paid till this time. That's fine. Just I don't care how old or young you are or whatever." The kid turns up. Turns out he's a great worker. He's not scared of something. And a bond starts between this boy and Joe. And Joe just wants to look after him. Joe sees his dad beat him up. And it's like, well, I can't interfere. That's not what we do. Family business is family business. But he, you can see it building up inside him that he's mm-hmm. really, really angry. The film takes a turn because it's already like introduced an element of child abuse and that mm. with the abusive father. But within the confines of the film, it still seems like, well, this is just everyone's in a shitty position in that. But trigger warning for rape right for child rape in this film like towards the end the baddie who is the uh, the father and uh, the alcoholic father and there's another character who early in the film joe just beats up because the guy's being an arsehole then the guy sort of like tries to shoot dead joe and then just wants to keep on coming back at him the whole film seems to be about the fragility of male ego and how that can turn Mm. into something disgusting and violent because all of these characters apart from joe and the little boy not little boy the 15 year old Apart from those two, all of the male characters have got short fuses, and whenever any of their authority is challenged, they're fucking there. They're there. They're right there wanting to kill and hurt. The alcoholic father can't get any money, so sells one of his his young daughter to this guy who hates Nicolas Cage, Mm. so the guy can fuck her. Like... Thankfully, the scene's not graphic at all. You you see the financial transaction going going on, and you see a car door shut, and the implications there. Mm. So, thankfully, that it's not a trigger warning in terms of things you see, but the the implication is definitely there, and that is a part of the story. It's horrible. Cage loses his temper and decides that looking after the boy and his sister are too imp- are more important than him doing what he sees as the right thing. So he kills everyone at the end and then gets shot himself and he dies, okay? I'll reiterate some of that because I whizzed through it in a weird way because it's a weird but enjoyable film, Mm -hmm. okay? Nicolas Cage is a good person, just a hard worker looking after his community. Every man he interacts with uh, has a fragile ego and the ones he challenges try to attack him. In the end, in order to look after a child who he becomes quite paternal with, he has to kill people because the world's better off with them dead. And that's basically the plot. Mm. It's a very dirty, grimy, violent and aggressive film, but played magnificently by Cage. And I didn't get the name of the boy who he was played by, but just stellar knock-you-over performances. Absolutely wonderful. 
it's summed up quite nicely, I think, by one of the baddies towards the beginning. It says the line, weapons tend to make men do violent things. Mm. And that seems to sum up the entire film, but exchange weapons for feeling is somehow having their male sort of agency stripped from them mm. makes them want to do violent things. And it's this, it's a wonderful sort of example of, of toxic masculinity to use like the parlance of our times and that it's, it's wonderful uh, it's, it's such a fucking good film Thomas it's so fucking good and it's got uh, just as a bit part just as a sex worker who sits on a sofa and says pretty much nothing uh, it's got Adrian from off of YouTube yoga lessons well I, I've never heard of this person you know yoga with Adrian no are you one of the only people that during the pandemic, during lockdown a couple of years ago, you didn't go, I'm going to do yoga, and then do it for about half an hour and go, this is really hard, I'm not going to do it anymore? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't do any of that. <laughs> I tried several times, could never do it, because yoga is really hard. Mm. I don't care how many elderly people do it. <laughs> It's very hard. Yeah. There was this uh, yoga instructor who released loads of YouTube videos, like 30 day, like 30 videos and that of like yoga for beginners, yoga for this. And at least in the circles I was moving in, it was very popular. Everyone was watching the videos. Not everyone was doing it because, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's hard. They weren't watching them in a whole sort of like, oh, lady in a leotard, yum. It wasn't, they weren't watching it like that. They were watching it to try and immediately fail yeah. to do yoga. But she's an actor as well and she was in this. And I just, you know, I imagine everyone her. listening to this will know who I'm talking about. I'm sure, I'm sure all of you will. That's the general plot. I uh, see. Yeah. I will take, I will take questions. Hell yeah. So like, how do you feel because you mentioned this is, was along the line of Pig in terms of, like, how uh, Nick's performance was, like, how exactly was okay, it? He's a, he's a lot more vocal than he is in Pig, mm -hmm. right? But you know how in Pig you don't get the cage performance you're used to? You get a wonderful performance, mm -hmm. but he's not hamming it up at all, which he likes to do in some films and we like to watch. He's He's playing it as subtly as he can he's much more vocal than he is yeah. in pig i i he like to think of like his performance in pig as like some people call uh, they delivered it was like a delivery right like but i think his performance yeah. in big pig was like an actual delivery from like another universe of a character yes. he was embodying yeah and um, I, I think so is so it's kind yeah, of that, that like that so yeah it is it is like like that because you immediately know this is going to be a serious film like the first five mm. minutes are shot beautifully but every character you just see it from the back of their head and that it's like all done with a uh, handheld camera the first five minutes and that so so it looks really pretty it's really wanky it looks really art student and mm. in all the ways that i i love none of i yeah. know these are all kind of pejorative terms if if chosen to be but i mean this with love and affection yeah it's experimental like you know it's taking risks it's really really exciting but when Cage first came on screen, I was thinking, like, is he going to... Not not is he going to be able to do it, but am I going to be able to take him seriously or just mm -hmm. go, Nicolas Cage is in the middle of this very, very dramatic film. What's he doing there, the silly bugger? But he loses himself in it. You buy the character. You buy it. And he's so, like, held back. He's so reserved, this performance. Like, a couple of times he shouts 
but he sh- but when he mm. starts shouting you get the feeling that the character's just really frustrated you don't get the feeling you know in some films yeah. it's like oh here we go cage is yeah, gonna he's cage not it like up turning he's not turning the dial on anything he's like no it's the character's <clears throat> true emotions exactly and it's situations where you can see why it's frustrating you agree that it's frustrating and him shouting is like i'm out of options throughout the whole film he's trying to hold on to his emotions because uh he hints several times like i can't uh react because you know how i get he imply mm. he keeps on implying that uh when the fuse goes <laughs> there's a huge explosion yeah huge. It's tmt but it's wonderful but, th- but there's a couple of moments where you're reminded that this is a brutal thing like the mm. horrible scene with the daughter but also the alcoholic dad at one point just follows a homeless man and beats him to death with a metal bar mm. just to get the bottle of wine from him. And there's no remorse and no emotion on Damn. this character's face as he does it. It's it's jarring because it's so violent. Yeah. But it's not it's not cinema violent. It just looks I I've no idea what the reality of that would look like, but it feels like it's very realistic. Yeah. You know? What grounded. Because it yeah. It, yeah. Not played up for the sport or the visual of it, just a very grounded no. thing. Yeah, but I I love the film. I love the film. It's just it's a very it's not it's not very funny. Oh, it's mm. not funny. <laughs> yeah, it won't be for everyone because it is upsetting. If you aren't affected by that sort of scene in a movie, then you know go for it. I would recommend it. It's a wonderful film. Yeah, I think like I I think that one of the better parts of this podcast is discovering how uh, reserved and he can be in his acting. Uh, yeah. You know, as a direct opposition as to kind of like what started the idea of the podcast. It's always a surprise to me. It shouldn't be because we. It's powerful we too. Like talked it's, about this. It's actually legit. Sometimes, like he's really such powerful. a great actor. Yeah, he's such a great. And the fact that he does so much silly and has a lot of fun with roles makes the serious, like strong roles, so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The juxtaposition of. I, you know, it, people talk about mm. range, and it seems like he's really has like a a solid range. Other than yeah, I don't know about comedy. I I <laughs> I don't know if we've seen enough, and we might talk about this later. But I yeah. I think in terms of comedy, but yeah, it's yeah. uh, it's good. It's good to see him in this particular like hue. The thing is, whenever it's a great film, there's I'd never feel like I've got much to say because yeah. I want to say something snide and sarcastic and silly, but it's just like now nah, brutal shit happens, but it's great. Yeah, it's a great film. It's a very That's boy great. film, but it's a great film. But there we go. Now, what, what you were going to tell me about uh, <laughs> Mrs. McIntosh in Los Angeles? <laughs> yes. So. Oh, it's such an interesting film. I, and I'm also very surprised that you've never seen this because to my recollection, of which I've done mm. no research on this for purposeful ignorance, yeah. is that City of Angels was like the biggest movie of the year. Wow. And from what I remember, it like won all kinds of awards. The Even the music in it won awards. Yeah, it it was huge. It was absolutely massive romantic film, mm. and I was wondering like, how how is this gonna go? I've seen it so many times, by the way. Like, and I guess that's why it's like so. Why I think it's 
it's had this historical importance that it may or may not actually have. Yeah. But I've seen it many times as a kid and revisiting it today has the lens, uh, the common like lens of reflection of like eh, some of some parts of this movie don't really sit well or just could be slightly problematic. But overall, I think it still holds my presumed when, importance. When was this film then? Because this it was, was um, um, I think it was like 1996 or something. Uh, again, I try, I really tried not to look it up, but I now yeah. I'm like too curious to know. Um, <laughs> because I remember, you know, um, I, I remember like, oh, it's Meg Ryan, it's fucking Nicolas Cage. Holy shit, I can't believe they're gonna be in a movie together. It's gonna be in 1998. City of Angels. Oh, wow. Lovely. And this has a very solid rating on IMDb. It's like pretty popular. I, Mm. yeah, who knows? I would love, I I assume it won awards. I don't know if it actually did or not. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so uh, the idea of this movie, it's it's a romantic movie uh, between a uh, surgeon played by Meg Ryan's character, Dr. Maggie, and an angel named Seth, played by Nicolas Cage. Amazing. So he plays an actual angel in this movie. Uh, In this movie, he's... uh, The angels kind of take, like, this really interesting role where they're not, uh, you know, white-clad, winged humanoids. Mm. They're also not, like, multi-appendaged, multi-eyed ring beings, like, biblical sense. (laughs) (laughs) They're... uh, uh, they they're just kind of like clad in black, so it's sort of like um, it's kind of grungy, a little, a little like um, a little edgy kind of okay, to, like feel to it. Sort of, it's kind of like the Matrix. <laughs> like they kind of dress like they're in the Matrix. Like it's so fucked up to say. Incredible. And so all these angels, like so, so, like their common thread at the beginning of the film is like they cannot feel. They don't feel, they don't taste, they, they've got no sensual input other than being able to see and speak, and, and that's about it. And they kind of like, in a sense, they're they're also sort of like, in a, I, I guess that's why they're in black, they're kind of like Grim Reaper-ish. They're like meant to <clears throat> usher people from their lives and uh, to home. It, it's never like directly associated with Christianity, not 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 a cl- a clear line isn't drawn right like it's it's pretty mm. hazy and i don't know I, that's that's uh appreciated i think I, I like when it's a little bit more aloof yeah. right like we're not we're not like naming names you know it's kind of nice um but then i want i wonder where nick cage sits in that cuz he's done a couple of overtly christian mm-hmm. films hasn't he like yeah, weird christian films like the knowing the knowing mm. and um <clears throat> left, left behind, behind yeah or, or, yeah. I thought the same thing. I'm like, I wonder if he has like a strong like a belief in one way or another. And yeah, he he's this angel. He helps people pass. One of the people he helped pass was a man whom which uh, Maggie was operating on. Um, she deals with the loss of this patient pretty poorly, and he kind of like clings to her from this. Now, the next few scenes are her just kind of dealing with this um, loss on her table and um, being a, a a doctor who, like, 
this character like approaches faith like firmly in the sense of like the uh, nope i did everything right um mm. the science was all there something happened something interrupted it something fucked it up and it doesn't make any sense so like basically faithless right like in yeah a sense and he kind of uh oh they have like the power to like make you see them they're technically all invisible oh cool so is this just like a life less ordinary i don't know because i'm not familiar film? i'm not familiar with that film no oh, Cam- cameron diaz and uh ewan mcgregor from the 90s where angels come to interact with their uh, like love affair to get them together oh interesting it's so like a cupid not- Bend. it's like a cupid movie not a great uh, movie great soundtrack though brilliant soundtrack yeah but go on sorry <laughs> almost like so the overall idea of what happens in this plot is this angel falls for her mm. she kind of falls for him too but so i really loved this movie but now on a second rewatch it's like oh i don't think she actually has a good reason to like be in love with this guy other than that like she i mean he's like drop dead gorgeous in this film mm. Right, like it almost seems like she just loses all when she sees him. She just like falls into pieces, like, and then yeah. that's the reason why she likes him. I don't know. It, I, that part never really makes much sense. Plus, he's an angel. He kind of stalks her. I'm not gonna lie. Like, but it, <laughs> but in it, but he's playing an angel, so it's like a little different. It's not really. Is it stalking it if you're not a human? I don't know. I don't know. Like, does it count? Can could you say God being omnipotent? Is that stalking? Exactly. The fact that he's watching you all the time. Or is, is that he just creepy? observing? Is it more of a guardian role? Stalking it really implements like the idea of like some sort of perversion attached to it, where it feels like in this not so much really. He's just looking after her because she's dealing with like a crisis, and he's kind of fulfilling a role of like helping her but then, sort of move past it. Uh, but it's then still... is he watching her all the time? Like, yeah, if like, she needs to go to the but toilet. He, he is, like, genuine... Like, he's he's generating an effectuation with her. So, it's it's it's, mm. it's riding a line. I'll tell you yeah. that much I am for certain. It is riding a specific <laughs> line. And where it falls, I'm not sure. I leave that up to the specific... To the individual to figure that part out. But anyways, so... Yeah. Uh, she has another client. This guy is... He actually used to be an angel. Huh? Lo and behold. And uh, the angel man, he's he's like, Hey, Nicholas, did you know that angels, they could become human? And he's like, Oh, f- really? He's like, Yeah, that's how I know you exist. Then he, you know, he tells him, like, Yeah, you just have to fall. You know, you just... If you fall, you become human. And, you know... He he wants you to have you know free will and stuff and oh, it's God, it's yeah. a gift you know, uh. But essentially, what happens in this movie is he falls, becomes human, tracks her down. They fall in love. They do the business. Oh hell yeah! Probably the hottest scene in all of movie making and IMO. really yeah it's like it's actually really good um nice yeah they did a great job cage cage and meg ryan it's it yeah i'm surprised they never got married it's reben (laughs) mcintosh sorry (laughs) (laughs) sorry i couldn't even finish that one it's solid and then she dies oh oh yeah oh uh in a in a heart-twistingly 
ending, like gut-wrenching ending. She just she's riding a bike and a logging truck pulls out in front of her and she dies. Oh shit! And then Nick Cage has already stopped being an angel. Yeah, he just stopped being an angel. So now he he gave up eternity to be with her, and now he's got to spend the rest of his mortal life without her. And oh um, there's a scene in the movie where him and his previous angel friend appears, and he's like, uh, did you do it? Like, was this a plan? Is he punishing me for what I did? And it's like, nope, that's not happening. You know how these things work. And an angel guy's like, hey, like, would you do it again? He's like, yeah. I would, in a, in a heartbeat, I would take that small of amount of time over an eternity without her. And the I mean, movie ends. That, that's very sweet, isn't it? It is. But it's it does, incredibly sweet. It does sound like when he stopped guarding her, she died because no one was looking out for her. <laughs> he abandoned his duty. Uh, and she instantly died. That is it's definitely... His fault. I didn't... I've never viewed it that way, but I think you could be correct. It's not a punishment, it's a goddamn consequence. <laughs> yeah, you fucked, you abandoned post. <laughs> what a little bitch that Nicolas Cage can she, be. I, I don't want to victim blame, but she was riding her bike down a hill. Eyes closed, arms out. And, oh, you can victim blame in that instance. That and, is definitely her fault. In last second, like, ran into this logging truck. Yeah. And it's like... That's all on her. Why, sh- why'd you do that? Yeah, because there's a difference between victim blaming and pointing out the correct person is to blame for their reckless attitude. It seemed really reckless. And yeah, I it, even to this day, it's always something that really has upset me about the film was how she died. It, mm. it felt very contrived. Also, well, like the f- if you watch any part of this movie, yeah. watch the scene where she dies, because I'm not sure... <laughs> It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not good death. It's not a good death act. It's not acting good on on the die part. That's a shame. Well, it feels like they, when they were writing it, it's like, well, we know she has to die at this point in the movie. Mm. How's she going to die? We'll get to that later. And then it's like, oh, we've no idea. Shooting day, the death day of Meg Ryan. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, no one's looking forward to Meg Ryan dying on set. No, no one's looking forward to that. No, absolutely. I miss and Meg you know, Ryan. What, what happened to her? I mean, she still appears occasionally on chat shows. I don't know whether she's still doing acting. Maybe she does theatre. I don't know. Um, Meg Ryan was brilliant, but then whenever I think of Meg Ryan, I can't help but just think of the movie Inner Space, where she she was excellent. Like It's just a, a good Martin Short film, but it was excellent. Martin Short and Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. Why have I got that information right at the forefront of my head and I'm rubbish at math? I should get rid of that and use that brain space for understanding Don't be silly. Concepts. Math is fucking useless. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's... And you know, very, you know very well, if I watch only one scene from this film, it's not, it's not going to be the death scene. You said, <laughs> you said yeah, Cage gets some action. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch that scene. It's good. It's like the... Last action hero scene. Oh man, I'm probably fucking. <laughs> I'm probably fucking this up, but uh, but if you know what I'm talking about, then you know what I'm talking about. When Jamie Lee Curtis does yes. the the strip, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. that was at a point. So both of those moments were at a point in my life where I was very influenced. Um, mm. A youngin 
and then uh that was some that was some shit to be seeing at the age of like 13 14 yeah yeah it is it's exactly what you want to see uh, at a similar age i uh had a video cassette you know vhs tapes mm-hmm. of pornography when you're a young teenager just uh, oh, yeah. in my generation it just circled around I watched it. Uh, watched a. Don't worry. This doesn't go to. This isn't a blue uh, conversation. Don't worry, listeners. You're you're fine. But uh, started watching the video, and it was just exactly what you'd imagine. But then there was a bit of static, as the screen, as the the video I was watching went away, and the static cleared, and it came back. Dario Argento's uh, comedy horror film Demons. Came oh on. no. Said, so I got to watch. So I watched all of that, and then the film ended in the static, and then back to hardcore pornography. But I like the idea that someone owned that tape and went, "Ah, oh, demons is on tonight. I do like demons." <laughs> and they, it was the right choice. It was a really fun film. It awoke in me a love of uh, campy horror films. Mm-hmm. Created some weird associations, but don't worry about that. It happens. <laughs> it happens, but yeah, Demons by Dario Argento. Uh, very, very fun. And there's about 20,000 of those films. But anyway, that's a little brief dip into uh, the pornographic history of Greg's. <laughs> we just, we love to share. Did you enjoy this film then? I know you said you used to love it, and this time mm. round there were a couple of uh, changes. To I'll opinion. be honest. Yes, I absolutely used to love this film and this time around i adored it a little less cage in in terms of cage's acting in this one he he starts off very subdued and like but it's again it has like this it's kind of creepy it's 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 supposed to be very romantic his interactions but Mm. it can come off a little i don't know tilted slightly off not like crazy to a crazy extent but it's weird and then he becomes human and then he kind of like just cages that right like it's it's a very typical cage performance then because he's like haha uh let me catch my breath oh, breathing isn't that crazy guys um and it's like ah that's that's cage yeah. um, I, I can picture that mm-hmm. i can picture exactly yeah. what he's doing you but can imagine all creepy? the bits and that's probably it it's a but little it's like i don't know like I think there's there's a difference between actual, of course there is, of course there's a difference between actual romance and movie romance. But mm-hmm. I think whilst things would be entirely creepy if real people really did it to real other people, I think in movies all of those things which are really problematic are just nice uh, shorthand towards sort of like oh we know that what they mean is love and romance by yeah. this even though that fucker is out and out stalking that poor person yeah like even it, you if you wouldn't you wouldn't really do those kind of things knowing someone like for a day or two but it, it's but nice it's a movie, movie so it, it needs to happen on the second dates well you've got like an hour and a half for all of this sort of emotional growth to mm-hmm. happen you've got to rush things yeah like, you just kind of have to believe that it's working no one's allowed to get with someone in a film and go well i don't know we'll see how it goes like i like them but i don't know whether i like like yeah. them or who knows like, i'm seeing a couple of other people but yeah you can't do that you have to fall in love or fall in hate instantly yep. we haven't got time to fuck around nope which you know is, is quite is quite enjoyable but then Okay, so this was um, a wonderful return to a childhood classic for you. 
you liked it slightly less, but that's not to say you didn't like it. You loved it, yeah, but you yeah. just loved it a bit more in the past. Yeah, I still cried at the end, like every, like mm. I always do. Okay, well, when it comes to trying to work out who wins out of these two films, the real question, well, there's many questions, but <laughs> the real question is this, Thomas. Do we think that a classic Cage performance, which has got a lot of sentimental importance to you, because you grew up with the film, you loved it, and now you still enjoy it, not without its issues or something, but it's got that history for you, and you've got a classic Cage doing all his crazy stuff and subdued stuff. Or is it a film which is almost certainly better, but needlessly gritty, and a diff- a Cage that is a great Cage performance, but it's not a Cage performance? It's like... He's not doing Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage stuff. He's just doing mm. great acting. So what's more important to what we're doing? Is it just, like, because I would argue, based on only seeing Joe, but out of these two mm. films, Joe's the better film. Joe's probably the better acting performance. But is it the best Cage performance? What do uh, we want from Nicolas Cage? Yeah, I think I think it has to be, honestly, from Joe, because although his performance isn't at all terrible, in uh, Sea of Angels, it's not like it's not really like a step above, and it's not a, a it's not a lot of his usual uh, stuff. Like you get maybe like you, you might get like a scene or two of his uh, fun cage uh, yeah. cageisms, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just not rich in it's okay. not rich enough in cage. It, Honestly, it's just a lot of really good Meg Ryan. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just very fucking solid Meg Ryan and, uh, and Andre Brower. And, and that's that. I mean, again, he's not doing terribly, not even close, not even close hmm. to terribly. It, it just percentagely, it, it's 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 more other things, not quite enough him. And what he's doing isn't, like, I don't think it sounds even as good as what he's doing in Joe. And just to answer a couple of your questions you raised earlier, Meg Ryan was in Top Gun Maverick Mm. last year. This year she was in What Happens Later. So it looks like she went on an acting break. Between 2009 and 2022, she did one film. But uh, it looks like she's back on it. And um, yeah, she she it looks like she had a long pause from acting. That's good. But she, she's either just done a couple and then she'll go away again, or she's back on it. Hopefully, she's back on it because it's wonderful seeing Meg Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love love a Meg Ryan. She was amazing and inspirational uh, throughout the '90s, and she did a lot of great roles. So mm. she deserves whatever break she wants to take. Oh God, yeah. But let's hope it was a positive break rather mm-hmm. than a something unpleasant. We yeah. don't want her to like Martin Short it, do we? Yeah. Ugh, no. Are we saying that Joe wins this one? I want to say I want to declare yeah. d- that Joe wins. In which case, congratulations, Joe. I am so sorry, City of Angels. Look, you almost passed the bar, but I gotta yeah. say it's uh, it, this was a rough matchup. Yeah, if you were against any other film then you probably would have gone through on sentiment, sentimental reasons, if nothing else. But I'm afraid Joe's just a, 
just a powerhouse. And 2014, it's slap bang in the middle of shit cage, so it's a surprising powerhouse. We love a shit powerhouse. Well, as we get ready to leave these fine people for this episode, Thomas, no doubt everyone's been checking out and tuning in Sunday mornings uh, on the uh, off-duty otter to check out your D&D campaign. But every you every else? Sunday, yeah. It's um, it's it's pretty much that, honestly. It's uh, Sunday playing D&D. Twitch.tv slash off-duty otter. 11 a.m. Eastern is, Standard Time. That is twitch.tv tv slash off duty otter o f f d u t y o t t e r if you want to see thomas and a few of his buddies running through a DD campaign which no doubt is spectacular i know i'll be tuning in tomorrow morning I, well i mean as we're recording this i'll be tuning in tomorrow morning like i, I if yeah. i tune into that Tuesday morning, nothing's nothing's gonna happen. Nothing's gonna be there. Yeah, I mean, maybe there'll be a few videos I can watch from previous ones. I don't really understand Twitch, but um, yeah, I'll be tuning in on Sunday mornings, and you should too. Uh, and uh, as for me, just go to the old website or whatever. Do the, do all the Bible biz. Yeah, that's 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 uh, cracking along. Oh, isn't it good? Isn't it good? And just to keep everyone updated, it did not make the shortlist for those podcast awards mm. because apparently a lot of the humour didn't land. So if you want a Bible-based podcast, which is just a little bit offensive and a little bit blasphemous with a lot of humour that doesn't land, but a unique and thorough piece of sound design, then why don't you tune into Better Bible? We are currently on Better Bible Season 2, the new batch we told you the rules you didn't listen <laughs> um i've just used the tagline from gremlins 2 now should i use the tagline for robocop 2 <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we will catch you guys uh later on uh take care kids speak to you soon bye-bye What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole?